0: Hi everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Resiliency and Running Podcast. My name is Liz and I will be your host. I'm so excited today, and this music just feels extra perfect today because the day this episode is released is actually the day of my 25th birthday. Um, I'll probably be at work by the time that you are listening to this, but it's okay. They said they'd get me a cake, so I will report back on whether or not that happens, but I'm really excited about this episode because I was quite keen to really share on how different this birthday looks for me this year and just how much growth I really feel like I've done in the past year. I think with any birthday for anyone, it's kind of inevitable that you will immediately compare it to your previous birthday, and obviously in this case, it's quite unique because if your birthday has fallen within the COVID period, you're probably comparing it to a different situation where you probably had a lot more people at your place, or you went out, or you know, you had something where it was a lot more lively than you just kind of sitting at home on your couch. I mean... I hope that you don't sit at home on your couch on your birthday, and I hope you get to do something, even if it's just cooking your favorite meal or ordering a cake, but I know that I've got fun socially distanced walks and fun plans with my flatmate, so I think it's also just interesting to really compare where my mindset was last year compared to this year, and I think this will kind of just bring me into my first point, being that you don't need to have everyone like you. I know that you've probably heard this phrase before, but if I'm being honest, even with my last birthday and previous birthdays, I think that there's definitely something where I kind of amounted like the number of people in terms of like the quantity of people over the quality of people. And so I feel like now as I'm getting a bit older, I'm starting to learn that, you know, having a smaller circle is okay. But I think previously I just tried to invite every person that I knew. And I think that somehow I wanted it to amount to how important my birthday was or how many people cared about my birthday. But I'm starting to learn that it really just, it's so nice to have those specific people that genuinely care about you so much and actually do want to be there and aren't just coming just for the booze or just for the party. And they're actually there to celebrate you. And obviously we can't really gather as much this year, but I think there's Just something about choosing who you're spending your birthday with. The second thing that I've learned is that less alcohol is a lot better for you. And this is kind of a this is a very broad statement because obviously in previous episodes I've kind of shared about that journey and my discoveries around alcohol and kind of my own personal issues with binge drinking that have stemmed from college. And I think that. For so long, I really told myself that I did not have a drinking problem, that it was totally okay to be going out constantly and suppressing my issues constantly with booze and kind of just, you know, playing off of that first point of I always wanted to get like blackout drunk at my birthdays and I had no desire to really remember them and I always thought it was like funny or cute to get as drunk as I possibly could. I remember my 23rd birthday. I was getting handed shots of Sambuca and tequila on a silver platter at one point. And I mean, it was like a tray, but I just think the more that I'm kind of learning about what you know life has looked like without alcohol when i was not drinking and kind of now when i'm trying to get into moderately drinking it's okay to not drink and i think that there's such a stigma around it but i'm i've just really learned that there really is not an issue if you don't want to drink you shouldn't feel pressure to drink and if there are people around you pressuring you to drink it's probably the wrong environment <laughs> number 3 is that you will never be satisfied even after hitting your goal weight or body And I think this is kind of, I wanted to put something in here, a few things in here around eating disorders and, you know, weight loss and all that stuff as it is National Eating Disorders Awareness Week. And I spoke in some of those episodes that I've released earlier this week around, you know. When I was really deep in my anorexia, even when I got to those quote-unquote gold numbers, I just wanted to take it a step further, and I wanted to keep going lower. And I would just keep finding that even when I was finally skinny, and even when I finally was like, okay, I've lost the weight, and I was getting compliments, and people were, you know, pointing out, oh, you look really great. I was still never satisfied, and I, I never reached that level of satisfaction that I always thought I would. And so I think it's more... It's just so much more sustainable to create a healthy balance of diet and exercise and come to a healthy weight and build that healthy lifestyle for yourself. And you will just learn so much more about loving your body for how much it's gotten you through and how much you know you continue to put it through and how strong it is versus how small you can get it, how you know, how many six packs you can get. And you know, how much of a thigh gap you can have. It's just, it's not worth it and you will never be satisfied. Speaking of worth, number four is to never place your value in a boy or girl, whatever your dating preference is. I think we all kind of have to go through a phase and we all kind of learn this the hard way, don't we? I think especially if you are an individual that honestly and genuinely cares so much for other people and tends to put people above yourself, it can be quite hard not to put that person on a pedestal, that person that you have a fat crush on and that you are just really keen on. I think it's really easy to kind of just divert all of your feelings and your thoughts into that one person. But I think what's important and what we tend to always forget or just completely (laughs) let go of is that we allow all of our value to be placed on this one person and how they treat us how they react to us how they talk to us and this is a really big mistake because a lot of the times these people tend to not actually know how you feel about them and so When we don't communicate those things, because a lot of us obviously don't just outright tell people that you have a crush on them, we tend to place way too much emphasis on how they treat us and how their words affect us. And so I think it's just really important to kind of take a step back in these situations and remember your own value and make sure that you are also equating your value to theirs and not putting them too high above you. Number five is showing emotion is not a sign of weakness and this can apply both in a workplace and in relationships. I'll tell a really quick story but essentially when I was doing my master's degree and I was writing my final dissertation something happened in kind of the final month where my dissertation supervisor wanted to make a big, massive change. And I got a little bit emotional about it because honestly, I was spending my entire summer in London in coffee shops, writing a 15,000 word paper. And so I think it made sense that I was a little bit emotional that my paper was getting torn apart. But Basically, I was told that day that while it was okay that I was tearing up a bit then, that I would, that I should never do this in a workplace. And that's just completely wrong. Obviously, there is a right and wrong place for emotions in the workplace, but I just think that when it comes to even shedding tears, I think it's fair to say that we all are human, whether you are also a male or a female, it shouldn't matter how that affects, you know, how people are viewing you and how it may, because I think there's this whole premise around if females show even an ounce of emotion that we're suddenly classified as crazy and hormonal and all these things. But then on the flip side of that, I do also know and have heard of when men show emotion and how they're quite fearful of showing emotion in relationships, especially because they're afraid of having that emotional vulnerability, but I am very proud to have a younger brother that is in a successful relationship, and I think that he's someone that I really am proud to call my brother because he's very open about his emotions and just his relationship as well, which I think a lot of men have trouble in, and obviously a lot of men also have trouble even committing. In relationships in general, but that's a topic for another day. But I think that it just, I think that people need to be a little bit kinder around emotions and just appreciate that emotions make up who we are. And as human beings, we're allowed to be emotional. The sixth thing that I've learned by 25 is that more degrees does not necessarily mean that you will get the job quicker. And I'm speaking as someone who went straight from her undergrad to a master's degree, partially because I wanted to travel and live abroad, but also partially because I thought that if I got a degree, in the discipline that I wanted to work in that it would kind of just give me an entry into a senior level job, which is totally not true. And I think that there's definitely this misconception around if you go to graduate school that it will just help you land that job a lot faster when in hindsight, it's usually not the case that employers are looking for you to have that master's degree. I think it's an added bonus, but I don't think it should hold as much weight as a lot of us place on it. Number seven, and probably one of the more important lessons that I've learned, is that independence is super sexy, and I think that this is something that I was always afraid of, and I think that, to be fair, this is something that a lot of people are afraid of, and I think that I was definitely someone who wanted to jump from relationship or situationship to situationship, um, because I have not been in a a lot of relationships at this point, but I think that I was always so afraid to be alone, and I always told my It was because I'm an extroverted person and I like to be around people. But genuinely, I think I was just scared to actually spend time by myself and not be okay with it. And I think that I definitely had a little bit too much of a codependency on other people and especially people that didn't actually truly support me in that way. So I just think that it's so important that you take the time to be independent because if you think about it, you know, when, once you're married, you will be with that person for life, hopefully. Um, and I think there's just nothing better than taking the time now to truly learn as much as you can about yourself because honestly, you're constantly evolving and you're constantly changing. I've changed so much in the past year and nothing feels better than truly knowing yourself and being able to take to take yourself out on coffee dates and walks and doing your own thing and just truly honestly being able to enjoy that. I also just think that there is so much power that you can feel within independently not seeking other people or not seeking other people to be dependent on and just truly being satisfied being alone. I currently I've given up dating apps for Lent which is unheard of because I usually am that person that just has my dating apps on my phone whether or not I'm actually intensively looking but I think that I've definitely just felt a bit different in the sense that I'm not just going to mindlessly swipe through people but I'm actually intentionally kind of spending time with myself and just really focusing on what my needs are for the moment and just, you know, knowing that like that time will come when it comes and being truly okay with that. Number eight is to travel as much as you can. And I'm saying that in the middle of a pandemic, I know, but. Honestly, when I look back at 2018 to 2020, the years that I was in my master's program in London, I traveled so much that some people thought I was kind of crazy and I was spending quite a lot of money at the time. But honestly, when I look back on it, I don't regret any of those trips at all because those are all memories that I cannot buy back, like money will come back to you and you will You know, you'll get more jobs, you'll build your career, but you won't be able to gain those experiences back that you have and that you can get from traveling. And I think that there are just so many that I can constantly look back on and just smile at and not have a single regret for. Number nine is a repeat from my 20 things I learned in 2020 episode, but it is to tell people that you love them and I think that this is still so important, whether this is for family, friends, or even your crush because I've done that before and I honestly, it was such a weight off my chest and it's something that I'm never going to have to regret or have any what if thoughts about because it's something that I felt so empowered in and that I can say that I've done, but also just in the sense that we are in such a delicate time, if that's even the right word, but just I think in the sense that COVID has truly shown us how short life can be. And I think that as we go throughout life, we are constantly reminded of how short of time that we have with people and just, you know, our time here. Not to get too deep, but I just think that. In my few experiences of losing family members, I just think that it's so important to tell people you love them as much as you possibly can. You genuinely don't know when your last moments may be with them. Number 10 is learning that it's okay to have a mental health day. And when I say mental health day, I personally mean a cry day. And I don't know about you, but I had quite a few of these in 2020 days where I just was so frustrated. And And so fed up with not knowing what my future was going to look like and not knowing what the future of the world was gonna look like. I think that just with social media as well, there's this mentality that people online are always just constantly in a positive mood and they're always so productive and their life looks so amazing. And so sometimes we don't allow ourselves to have days like this where we just allow ourselves to truly feel these feelings that we're suppressing. And I used to make jokes about it with my friends, but we used to say, oh, like, you know, I'll schedule time in to cry later because I'm so busy with work. But I think it's so important to truly take the time to feel those emotions and really try and process them maybe even with a therapist and really try and get to the root of why are you feeling this way and how can you build some healthy coping habits to deal with them number 11 is reciprocated effort is not just a nice thing to have but it's more of a need whether this is in friendships or relationships I think that this is something that is so important because if you are are constantly feeding your energy into people that are not reciprocating it back, they will leave you feeling drained. I think this can almost tie into the first point that I made, but I think that there is this unnecessary feeling that some of us get, like me, to really keep up with a lot of these different relationships and friendships that you have. But I think when you take a step back, and I think COVID has kind of allowed us to take this step back and really reassess your relationships and really check and see who's actually still checking in on you and who's actually just not even trying to catch up with you or ask how you really are and number 11 then feeds into my 12th point but it's to stop trying to force things that aren't meant to be and I think it's just this is something that took me quite a while to learn but if you need to convince someone that you're worth it or if you need to convince them that you are a valuable person then I don't think that that friendship or relationship is something that you should be keeping in your life. Period. Number 13 is that dating apps are dumb. And I fully realize that people have met their significant others and husbands and wives off of dating apps. And I think that that is amazing. But I think that leading up to finding that person, or if you don't find that person in your first go, I just think that dating apps can be so surface level and kind of just so superficial. And I think that I am not the first one to say this, but I just think that there is always going. To be this dissatisfaction, and you're never, it's really hard to make that connection because I think having both parties being on a dating app and fully knowing that there are plenty of other people to swipe through, I think that it makes it almost even harder to try and connect with someone or make that special connection. Number 14 is one that not everyone will agree with, and that is okay, but to me, I've learned how important prayer is, especially especially in the past year and I've mentioned this only in a few podcast episodes but I am Christian and this is something that I've really come to it a lot of my kind of story stems from my eating disorder and really being very depressed and finding God in those moments and so I think especially in the past year being on my own I've really learned to lean a lot on God and pray in those moments where I genuinely just feel like the world is against me and on those days where I'm just like wanting to lay in bed all day and just cry i I find a lot of resiliency in listening to prayer and worship music, especially by Hillsong, because that's the church that I go to here in London, and just really focusing on having that communication with God. And I think that there's also just this complete misconception around prayer needing to be, you know, reciting certain verses, but genuinely to me, prayer that I have with God is honestly just like a conversation that I'm having with him. And so that's just something that I've just found to be very special and very important. Number 15 is that you need to believe in you. And I think that when people talk about, you know, you wake up with yourself and you go to bed with yourself, you can't rely on other people to be that cheerleader for you. It is... like an additional benefit to have people like that in your life but I think it's really important to be able to believe in yourself and not to be so negative and hard on yourself I know that that's easier said than done but I just think that it's really important to be kinder to yourself but also in a sense that is like very motivational and wanting to push yourself to challenge yourself more and be your best self number 16 is it wasn't your fault and you will know what I'm talking about if um, you have experienced this. But obviously, I've done a lot of episodes around sexual assault, and I am a big advocate in really speaking up for others and being that voice for others. But I think that it's just as important to learn and know that it wasn't your fault. And that took me so long to learn myself. Even when I was going through my own personal Title IX case, I there were so many countless times that I was like, I was getting in my head and I was like, well, maybe I was just dressed, you know, I was dressed the wrong way or I was drinking too much. And it's never going to be that those are the reasons why what happened to you happened to you. What happened to you should have never happened to you. And it just wasn't your fault. Number 17, kind of going off of that last point, is that justice is not always given. And so while I experience justice in my personal situation, I just know too many countless women and men that have been In those sexual assault situations that have never received justice, even if they fought for it. I think that also just in the past year, we've just learned even more so how many racial injustices there are in our world and how many injustices occur without a lot of the world knowing about it. I think it's important to continue to try and educate ourselves as much as possible, as often as possible, as well as continue to stand up for these injustices when you are in a position to be able to have a voice of power. Number 18 is a bit more lighthearted, but I just want to say that muting people and unfollowing people on Instagram is super great for your mental health. And I know that, you know, you've heard of people saying, you know, unfollow people that kind of ruin your mental health or play on your mental health. But I found so much happiness from muting certain people and i think it's just that in between of you don't want to unfollow the person because you kind of know them but you know their content and their stories just don't have a very positive effect on your mental health mute them and just even do it for like a few weeks time and just see how much your mental health may improve i'm just saying it definitely helped me (laughs) number 19 is that people come and go but pay attention to those that stay. And I think that that first half of that was a really hard lesson for me to learn because I get quite attached to people, or at least I used to. And so when people left or when we ended up having a fight or something, and we just, you know, we weren't in each other's lives anymore, I think it was a really hard thing for me to grasp at first. But then when I kind of took a step back and looked at the people that have stuck around for quite some time and continually are a good friend to me i think that that almost like makes it better in a a way just because i know that those people are people that i still have and will continue to have and just learning that it's okay that certain people only come into your life to teach you a lesson number 20 is that grief comes in waves and that it is totally different for everyone so i think Grief has been a really interesting topic for me and something that I've really taken the time to try and learn at a slow pace. I think that no matter how many books you read or how many discussions you have with your therapist, grief is something that you truly have to take day by day, especially in those earlier stages, and then kind of over time, you kind of have to just take it as it comes because it's going to be sporadic, it's going to be random, or for some people, it just kind of dies off after a while. It's totally different for everyone, and I think it's being able to find the grace in those experiences and being able to give yourself back that grace and being able to truly comprehend the feelings and be able to associate them with that person. Number 21, family is so important. Whether you love them or you hate them, you're stuck with them for life, even if you go far away, it's something that I continue to make a priority in my life and that I really truly have learned in the past year how important it is for me personally. And I think that family is just something that is going to be with you no matter what. I know that not everyone's family situations look like mine so take this as it resonates with you but i think that for me i just i kind of try and push myself as much as i can to love as much as i can and show love and really support and care for my family as much as i possibly can and i will say my family is not perfect but I don't think anyone's is. And so I think it's really being able to love them even in the bad times, just as much as the good times. Number 22 is to call your grandma. Um, And this is something that I've been doing for years now. Every Sunday, I call my grandma and actually both my grandmas now. And this is just something that I find so important because I really value these grandparent relationships and I don't know what that looks like for you, but kind of tying in with the last point that I think that making time for family, even if it's just that one phone call a week, it's just something that my grandma and I truly treasure so much. And it's like our special thing now and I do count down with her and say I love you at the end every single call no matter where I am in the world and no matter who I'm with even if I'm on the tube I've done it every single time and I just think that it's always so worth it for my grandma number 23 is don't go for it unless you truly believe in it and this can be applicable to literally anything don't go for the marathon unless you really believe that you can run it don't go for the marriage or the boy or the girl if you don't truly believe in it I just think that it's important that you not only believe in yourself, as I mentioned before, but if you're about to put your everything and all of your eggs into one basket, make sure that it's for all the right reasons number 24 is people who bully you are usually the ones with insecurity issues and this is something that I kind of touched on in my episode with girl recovering and something that I've learned even just in dealing with negative people I think that when people are negative towards you it really just is more of a reflection of their own personal insecurities or if they're having a bad day and they're kind of just projecting these feelings and issues onto other people I think it's just something to kind of keep in the back of your mind just so that you don't take those situations as offensively. Um, I think that definitely when I was younger and being bullied in middle school, it was not something that was easy to understand. But I think that over time, you kind of just start to learn that People's people tend to have these kinds of faults. And so I think it's just important to remember that they are not always directed at you. And last but not least, number 25 was actually something that I was reflecting on this morning, actually on my walk to work. But I personally think that negativity is the true thief of joy. I know that everyone says the comparison is, but I was just thinking about how people at work in your workplace can be quite negative or people around you can just be, giving off negativity, and I think that that can really rob you of your joy quite easily if you allow it to, and so I think it's really being able to look at these situations and say to yourself, I'm not going to allow this to affect me or affect my day, and it's just constantly trying to find the little bits of joy in your day and finding the little things that do make you happy that can kind of help in these situations. All right, everyone, that's going to wrap up another episode of the Resiliency and Running podcast, and it's going to wrap up me being 24 because now I'm 25. Um, But I really do appreciate you listening to the episode, and I really do hope that you enjoyed it or resonated with it. If you have any questions or comments, I do have my contact details in the show notes, as well as a link for Boston Children's Hospital. I am fundraising for them for the London 2021 Marathon. I would love if you would consider donating, and checking that out and if you could please do leave a review on apple podcasts it really does help the podcast but other than that i hope to see you in the next episode bye